You're listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network. Okay, so we're we're on. All right, welcome, folks, to our two two zero eight, so second season, eighth show. And so we welcome everybody, and um, we're going to continue in our second season. We're going to call this season. Um, we did some preparations on the first season about um, a descent to soul. 
In other words, descent is something deeper, and you can call it by another name, according to what your background is with this area. We can call it enlightenment, we can call it conscience, we can call it um, higher consciousness. So whatever feels right for you in there, a descent is to go and go deeper into that area. Now, what we've been getting from the East in Buddhism is tools about this. And we call them mindfulness. Well, that's what the Buddhist tradition calls it. Mindfulness, which is bringing awareness to every um, moment-by-moment awareness and bringing that awareness um, to our, our um, activities of our life. So that's, that's the first part. Um, now, for that, um, I want to do a, a quick um, kind of example meditation, and then I'm going to add something to it as we go along. So the first part, in Buddhism, it's this. That the, the basic foundation is, uh, will be this question. The question of, um, do you meditate or not? To them, that's their only question. We can't go anywhere beyond that. Are you willing to meditate or not? That's it. That's the question they want to start with and according to how you answer it because you have to have that as a basic foundation. So let me just mention that. So for that, I'm just going to do a little relaxing. First, uh, Ray and I are going to check our, our place. Where are we? How's our posture? And for the podcast, so what you're saying though, if you don't, if you're not meditating, you're not getting it. Right. Bottom line, Bottom you're not line. in. That's right. In other words, we need to have and create within ourselves an environmental place, a center of gravity, a base camp, something for higher impressions to reach us. Otherwise, we're merely stuck with ordinary mind, and it's accompaniment of memory conditioning, and that's the only thing, the ordinary, and memory, and anticipation about what's happening, that's what we're calling ordinary mind. But there's a higher mind within us, but we would have to develop that. And according to Buddhism, you cannot, um, you cannot even start unless you're willing to face, um, I'll just call it a sitting in the morning, uh, it's a very small kind of version of meditation. Eventually, it has to get longer and longer. So we're going to start. First part is, wherever we are, take note of it. Now, Ray and I are in a little broadcasting room, um, small room, and we look around, and we have a sense of the room. Then we close our eyes, I'm going to do a very short version of this, and the podcaster people could, uh, for those that are interested, can uh, join us to get the feel for it. So close, we close our eyes, and we first get in touch with our breath. And we move the breath to awareness of our posture, our back, our spine. Is it straight? Then we have a, um, an awareness of a sensation of ourselves, our existence, 
we exist. And we have it. We can feel it in our legs, because our feet are on the floor, feel it in our hands. So having a general feeling of the awareness of our being. Remember, we were called homo sapiens very early, and that meant a certain kind of awareness. But what we have is more of um, a human, and then we're called human beings, but we're more human doing machines. Remember that? I think I said that last week. We're trying to move from human doing machines to human beings. That's quite a big transformation. Um, and last week I gave the example from the moment you get up in the morning, your feet on the floor, and for the new people, um, well, this will be a little new, but for the others we'll know that. And that's where mindfulness, as your feet touch that floor, that's where mindfulness begins. And you usually run smack dab into morning mind, which usually is negative. It's all the conditioning, there's things that it's worrying about. So all that stuff will come. It'll be in a certain mood. It might not want to meditate in the morning. Um, so you'll get more of dark. In the morning, you get more of the darkness of ourselves than any other time. And that may fade as the day goes on or if we're dealing with a certain kind of depression um, and anxiety, it probably won't. So also to use this, we're not making this some big mystical thing, to use this in your general life, sitting in a doctor's office um, instead of going for the magazine. You just sit up and you begin to sense yourself. And you can have a little... In the in-breath, say, I relax, and with the out-breath, I feel good. In-breath, relax, I feel good. So that prepares you for your dental appointment or some kind of medical procedure that's going to go on or some meeting that you're going in. You're getting yourself still. In other words, we've got to start from stillness since this is the human doing machine that can't stop, and it's just compulsively in its head and, and daydreaming and all that. This is the beginning, stillness. It's a very important idea in Buddhism. Um, and also, you can use it of having trouble sleeping at night, so we do very practical things. Um, if you want to sit on the side of your bed, and go and step by step, as I said, breath, awareness, feeling a presence, feeling your feet on the same thing, um, and with a little, and you can make up your own. I just, I um, relax in the in breath and sleep on the out breath. I relax, I wish to sleep, and whatever, whatever situation you're in. All right, so you'll do that, and that kind of centers the body. It centers what we're doing. Now, I want to add another one. In Zen Buddhism in particular, there's a very important one. It's actually serious. It's called bowing. It's considered a serious practice. It's not some throwaway. It's not some little curtsy that you do. One thing I remember, one time when I was at, um, I attended a conference at Naropa University in Colorado, 
And it was a meeting of East and West, Western psychology and Eastern traditions of Zen and Buddhism. It was a very big conference, had a lot of important people there. And one thing I remember from that conference that struck me the most, it was about a three or four day conference, was the Zen people that were there, masters that were there, and the way they bowed. The serenity of their being and, they, and the way they put their hands together like you will see the Dalai Lama do, put his hands together, um, hold them like what you know, might be in a Christian world or Jew, where one puts one's hands up together about, about chin high and then bows, holding that, it's uh, uh, doing that um, as a kind of respect, um, and it's lessening our our self. It's lessening our self-centeredness, desires. So when you bow like that, you're saying, "I'm, I'm number two. In fact, there is maybe somebody more important than I am in the world. Believe it or not, um, somehow take some importance off of." this narcissism, this um, self, 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 uh, the, the self-centered desires of our life, making impressions, gain. We want to gain. We want to get, get some rewards and gain. And the bow lessens that. Also, it would wake you up, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, could, yeah, certainly could, we could do that. Anything that gets off of our me, 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 me obsession... Yeah, it is a form of waking up. So we can use it that way. When you bow, you're saying, uh, I, I, this would be my interpretation, but um, I respect I respect you. More worthy, you're worthy of respect, maybe more than myself. You're worthy. I can put myself second for a moment in my bow. And whatever is in front of me is worthy of respect. So if you ever see the Dalai Lama on TV or things you hear about him, you see him, when he comes in, he will bow to the audience, will bow to the interviewer. Um, so bowing, not as some throwaway line, bowing a serious practice. And incidentally, if you ever feel within yourself something real that feels like this came from me, or like I'm just, I'm just myself, I touched something real, you could bow to yourself of that part of you that has shown up that's more real. So it's odd, but very odd to the Western mind to say it that way. You have it's, a like you acknowledge, it's like you acknowledge a part of yourself that's not very present. Yeah, so a part that has shown up it's, so it's when you feel, if you're speaking and you feel like it's coming from a place that's not just to impress or to get rewards, um, that it feels more natural, there's a bow to that part of you. That part has shown up. It will go away, but it has shown up right now. Because the most important thing is to to give up the old idea of gaining. They have a very special thought about it. I have a whole sutra about it. The part 
that I'm to gain something. I'm here to either raise my my uh, feeling about myself. I'm here to be admired for some kind of image. I'm here. I'm here for those things, and that that gaining, whatever form it's taking, and I'm going to do one-upsmanship on the other person. That gaining um, needs to be seen. But, but isn't that what what drives our society, though? Oh yeah, yeah. The Western society with the ordinary mind, what Buddhism would call small mind, it's not the big mind. Um, it's all geared for that. It's all to do with that. Um, it's something like the thing I've been working with that was said last week, the small things, um, which are actually very big things. I'm down to something a little more subtle. When I was saying about Lynn, and I noticed that she backing out of the backing out yeah. of the driveway, yeah. Well, um, you you threw yourself under the bus, though, didn't you? I mean, she listened to last week's show, right? Did she hit you on that at all? <laughs> no. Did she hear it? Yeah, she heard it. She just no, she just listened. She didn't. You didn't talk about it. Yeah, we talked about it. Talked about it. Yeah, we we talked about it a little bit, but she understood that, and she understood. The importance of that. Did you, uh, like when you just said that, it made me want to bow. Did you two bow to each other? Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, did we do it then? No. Oh, you mean at that time? No, I, I don't think we did. I'm trying to remember. Um, the beginning of bowing to the other doesn't, it could begin with uh, in our mind and then work towards the body. The body. In other words, Feeling that about a person, I, I respect you. I, I you know, could start that way. In fact, that might be a good way to start, since it feels odd for Western people to do that. You know what? Another thing uh, you said last week that really got me. I mean, it kind of stuck with me the whole. Well, it did stick with me the whole week when you said "smart speak." Is that what you said? No. That? Uh, um, but, great, uh, I misquoted it. That's okay. <laughs> that's. Uh, that's coming up. Yeah, that's, that's my final one I was going to speak about for today. I, it's right speech. Right speech. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. That's a big one. So back bowing is very related to that. Um, it's amazing how much you won't say. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're carrying that around mm-hmm. and where you're coming from with it, wherever it might be, it's it's... You can catch yourself, and you're not going to be speaking as much. Mm. You know, antidotal crap or vying for mm. whatever or whatever your MO might be at the time before it comes out. I mean, to catch it and see where you're going with it is is pretty remarkable. Yeah. And actually, I feel in Lynn and I's life, I've been doing this for a very short time, a couple of few weeks, maybe a month I've been working on this as my own personal work. Um, And something really is different with us since I started. In other words, I cleared a space that one time I filled with other things. And um, for my own uh, decency, my own dignity, I humiliated her. I finally got the right words for it. This is what we do when we do this. For our own power, our own something, our own image, our own decency, 
we humiliate the other person. <clears throat> wow, makes you feel good, huh? Yeah, it's uh, really quite. So that's that's the best way I can say it. We we use them in our humiliation to raise ourselves. But when you when you're conscious of that, I mean, don't you feel? Isn't there a backlash of like I feel like shit now? I mean, did you beat yourself up about that a little bit? No, um, I, I realized um, what I did. I mean, in other words, I, I began to feel the, the remorse of uh, what I did um, and uh, the effect it had on her. Uh, very subtle. Remember, I'm talking in very subtle range. I'm talking about big things, um, the fights of people and the degrading of them. That's, you know, that's... That's more the gross level. I'm talking about the subtle. I'm 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 working on the subtle part of that. And um, and but what I'm finding is that it was bigger than what I thought it was. It cleared, and I realized that's what my family did. In other uh. words, and the reactions of the family—they all use this humiliating thing. And uh, I realized I learned that, and I put it into myself. And at this late age, I began to see, my 80th year, I began to see what damage it does and how it doesn't allow relationship to really evolve. In fact, that's why it's developed. It's a, it's a defense against any, any intimacy in relationship. And I really saw that. Yeah, I got that. That's a big one. So, folks, take that one. That's one. And remember, for humiliating another person, particularly domestically, that's where it's really strong. But anybody, I humiliate them for my own um, power to feel better about myself. I upped you. I, you know, I beat you. I mean, you can think of that example of me uh, wanting to use on Lynn of letting her know it just took me. Now, look, that's and a small thing. You know, and the subtle thing is if someone say, hey, what are you doing? You're accusing me. You're humiliating. It would say, I, I could even say, what? You mean I just pointed out that certain little driving mechanism? Do you see what I mean? It's easy. Uh, in other words, don't say I did that there. I just did this small little improvement talk. <laughs> But it, does, it like hides out in the guise of humor too, and stuff oh, like that. That's where it's really big in humor. Yeah, because that's the easy way to get away with it. And then you can chalk it up to funny. Yeah, and you know, sometimes it is funny. It's funny oh, it's funny, but at what cost? Yeah, and you and the people who are together have to know that together, and they can even laugh together. But they would have to do it in that light. They would have to realize I was. That was funny, and then I'll, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll even the score now, or, or I'll, we won't, uh, we'll call it, it, we could enjoy the humor of it, um, but also begin to see that um, uh, we can't use it for humiliation. Something, something like that occurs. So, um, so remember the mindfulness is rated up to uh, to um, the meditation, producing an environment where you're aware, um, 
and then we went to um, to bowing, which we're calling a serious practice, not a simple thing called uh, you know I'll improve myself. It's not that. It's a serious practice about showing respect for what's outside you. And right effort also. So though we said right speech. And Zen also talks about right effort. The purpose of studying Zen is not to study Zen. It's to study ourselves. In other words, we're just using this tool for ourselves. And you can't study yourself just by yourself. That's why you need a um, teacher, a school, a, a tradition. You need feedback. So that's why you need a community. So folks, the things I'm saying on this show is, um, is um, if it interests you, it's for you, again, to remind you, uh, it's for you to find it in the outside world and not let this show take the place of it. You actually would have to find, uh, if you're interested, instruction. And um, because eventually we need the will and the self-discipline to come up against that other nature. The first nature is that um, nature and ordinary mind of um, a real, it's a, it's a narcissistic, it's very selfish, it's always looking out only after itself, even though it may pretend sometimes to do it for others, <laughs> as we got down very well. And the second part is the birth of a new nature, which is um, first found in stillness and awareness, and all the work one would have to do to unite these two natures. We'll always have the other one, and it always will pop up. Um, but this other nature will help balance it. And um, um, When you say we'll always have the other one, it's going to pop up. I mean, mind you, most or all live there. You know, I mean, it, it, they're not even cognizant of the other other thing. They don't even know that it's there. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, I didn't even know it was there until what three, four years in seeing you. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, I, w I would imagine. I don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't have an exact timeline, but you know, first couple of times seeing you, it was like, oh man, I think I'm in over my head. <laughs> 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 I mean, you catch on after a while, but you got to keep going. Yeah, you got. You just got to get there. Yeah, we first have to find a way to discover, and that's what I mean. Usually, other people and hearing things, or, um, and then whatever the, and then but then we need a we need a system, we need a school, we need a general, we need a daily practice, we need we need other. We need to try to raise this other part of our nature, which is stuck in in, uh, in another place in us. You know, there's a thing in the Bible where they speak about Gehenna. It's a place where everybody brought their trash in the town, uh, I guess. Um, so the, that was the trash. Well, in us, when our early uh, development went wrong, 
and everything, and we began to split off into different parts of ourselves, sub-personalities. We, just, we have like a Gehenna inside us. We have a shadow. We have a place where we stored some of the split-off stuff and other like um, personalities. And, um, and one thing about moving into a second nature is that we have to go to that Gehenna, that place that's stored right in... God, given different names. Carl Jung called it the shadow and... Um, we can't help it. That's where we knew to do, just like we know to put our trash out every day. That's what we did there. But in redoing it, we have to begin to come in contact with that trash, um, with those maladjustments in our development. So that's part of what Ray and I are doing, and what we're calling... How, how, long, how long have you been having at, at this kind of thing? You know, how old were you when you first started? Well, and do you remember like a definitive, definitive, I mean, I always questioned stuff, you know, I, I knew I was, not that I was wrong, but I was definitely in, I didn't even know I was in a cycle, you know, because my drama played out on some stage and it was like, I mean, it was peat and repeat now that I look back on it. But I mean, I didn't, I guess I was 30 when I started because that's when I started seeing you. And then it took like a year or two to even get what you were saying. You know, like I'd feel it in my body, but I couldn't, I wasn't conscious enough to put it in any type of words. You know, I, I still, I'm still, I still struggle with the words for it. But so I guess I've been having at it. Well, I don't guess I've been seeing you for 17, hold on, almost 18 years. Fuck, that's amazing. So I mean, how old were you? Like that's I, I would say that was my definitive starting point, you know, because I had been to a few shrinks before I saw you, you know, and I never this stuff was never even mentioned, talked about. I mean, it was just more or less, you know, Band-Aid stuff or surface speak, you know, and then you figured out, OK, this this person you can because I used to try and do that with you, like fool you or take you down some path, you know, where I got the, a free ride, and I wasn't called out on anything until you started calling me out on everything. But so I was 30 when I started. How old were you when you started, or what was your, defi like, you go, ah, here it is. Mm -hmm. I found something. I think the first awareness I had of uh, how off I was and the malfunction of my life um, came from a friend of mine, a um, wonderful clarinetist, Ron Rubin, who kind of, well, he was seeing uh, Dr. Herskowitz. Um, Jewish guy? Yeah. <laughs> okay. He was wonderful. Um, and he, he said, I think you... You'll see. You'll try to do some work. But he was a Reiching therapist. I saw I had to really... So my first one was body work. Um, Wilhelm Reich was... Uh, um, he was a, 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 a psychologist uh, with Freud. So he's one of the... He's way back in one of the original of Freudian world. But he saw that it was very important that we find out what's going on in our body. We, you know, we can't just use uh, just the mind and emotions. The framework, 
What's the sense of our body that's rigidity, that's armoring, and it's muscles that are tight and so on? It was a wonderful idea. Um, and he came over to, I think it was Hitler came in and he had to leave. Um, so he came to the United States, I think, for survival and started to train therapists. And Herschel was one of the first people he trained in New York. This would be early 40s, I would imagine. Then he died immediately. It was um, was put in Lewisburg State Prison. Uh, they got him on some technicality of transporting um, things across the... He had an orgone box. I wonder if there's anybody in my audience that knows anything of this period at all. I don't know. The young people. Uh, but he had something called an orgone box. Well, it was actually you made it. Uh, you actually got in it. Um, he had a certain way it was built. It was to keep the Eons, it's, it's kind of, ex people would laugh at it today. Um, it's no longer in use. But he had, he was very, a very interesting guy. Um, so anyway, let me get to the part where he just trained therapists, and one of them was Herskowitz, and I went to him. And he said, I just read in the New York Times that his wife died. She was like 92 or something. So he must be like around 90-ish now. He's still alive? Uh, I think he's alive. I have to find out about him. Um, but I think he's still alive. He was a wonderful man, and he really knew how the body was armored and how to work with that. And so so he was, it had nothing to do with any, any um, directive, directly with uh, something called spirituality. That wasn't his uh, thing at all. His thing was to take the Reikian therapy and begin to get rid of the armorings and loosen you up and rigidities so you'd be free to be uh, a, a better human being. So I would say he was to start indirectly. He was my... He was my... He was your introduction? He was my introduction to... How, old of, a, how old of a man were you then? Me? Yeah. I can't remember. Funny, when I heard how old of a man, I figured I was saying, well, me? You talking <laughs> about man? Uh, developmentally, I was about... Eleven, maybe. Um, I, I would say twenty-ish, nineteen or twenty. Yeah, and that was the first person in my whole clan of Sicilians coming back that ever went into any kind of therapy. And I remember my family found out about it and told me they're going to report me to the police <laughs> or the FBI or something, and that uh, if they find out. They're going to take your license away, and God knows what they're going to do to me. So they tried to scare me with that. So they were real pro with you going <laughs> to get help, huh? Right. Yeah, real pro. So that 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 was the beginning of some work on myself. Um, and I spent some time with him. That was good work. It was to get in touch with the body. didn't have anything to do with meditations or anything, but to do with really feeling yourself. Um, so from that point of view, it, it was important. I so remember I was about that age, and um, 1920, and, or, and my mom wanted me to go get help, you know, for go seek therapy. And I said, yeah, 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 yeah. So I put her off for 10 years, and then I, I started to, you know, on my own, go out looking. And then I found you, and she goes, you should go to anybody else but him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Wait a minute! I found, I found this. It's great. I like it. You know, it's it's doing something for me. No, no, no. Yeah. 
Just, hey, be careful what you wish for, Ma. Come on. It was pretty, yeah, that was amazing. You know, to begging you to go get help for years, and then you do. And then, no, no, this isn't the help I'm talking about. Yeah, so she must have had a reputation for her. Precedes you. That she knew that, yeah. Okay, anyway, um, so today, let me just do a quick wrap-up, because I see our time has just flown by. Jim, huge stuff today, man. A lot to take in. Yeah. See, there's a lot. Of, that's why I have to need to repeat this uh, week to week. And for, new, not for the new people, but for people uh, that's been with us, it's not easy to retain. So some way I'm going to be repeat, re repeating, but it's important. Um, so we're looking for the tools and what are the tools, tools from the East. And what are they? Well, they're under the heading of mindfulness and um, the capacity to still ourselves, to bring some awareness, to come from a human doing machine to a human being. Um, and today we introduced a couple of new ones. Uh, bow, bowing. Bowing is a, in the Zen world, which is a serious practice and, uh, and a respect for what's in front of you. And you do that with a bow. And so you can start at that beginning to do it thought-wise and have that feeling of a respect for the person. And then eventually um, practice that if you want. And then we talked about right speech, the difference between uh, how, how to really listen, how we speak to another person. And remember the idea of raising one of ourselves up by humiliating somebody else. And to really catch that, how you do it in a very subtle way. And Ray added that humor is the place for this one to really come across. And also, if you're like using a word like chick, dude, or bitch, you're not participating in human being. You're just not. Yeah, the certain kinds of uh, disrespectful, that's built right if into If you're it. watching ESPN for over an hour a day, you're not participating in human being. You're just not. Yeah, I, okay, I don't know what that's the sports shows. And what yeah, that is. Okay. <laughs> but we, we know them. If we bring this special awareness, we can hear the humiliation, even if it's subtle. Okay, so um, we're going to go to our final part. Um, okay, ask Donnie to um, put that up. Um, and continue on. We're going to do Ray scatting. Remember, Ray scatting is getting better and better. So listen for him. No, Ray faking and, and watching Jim's getting better and better. Here we one, go. Two, two. One, Here two, we go. Three. Go, Jim. Here, yeah. Okay. Anyway, now we're finally. This is our way of signing off. Um, and while we're doing it, we thought we'd do it in a little novel, a little different way. And uh, so here we go. Now we're going to do it, then I'm going to ask Ray to do it. Here we go. I'm going to pick out just an easy scat tone to wear. Ba boop ba 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 boop ba bo bay. I'll point to Ba 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 boo bay. Yeah, that's it. He's getting it. Ba 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 boo ba 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 da ba boo ba do da da da. Okay. 
Talk to Leah Bebo. Talk to Leah Bebo. Okay, we go. Da, 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 I can't do that. Do it again, Jim. I want to watch it. All right. Boom, ba, do, da, oh, here we go. I do Leah Bebo. 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 Oh, wait, hold on. I do Leah Bebo. Bebo. Boom, How do you do that? Do that. Do that. That's it. Okay. I want to do some 16th, 64th yeah. notes because that's what they ask me to do all the time. Here we go. Here comes a run here below. Okay, we're going back now. So Ray, here we go. I'll give you the cue. Here we go. Oh, we're out of time. Damn. Okay, podcasters. We'll see you next week. Good job, Jim. Good job, Ray. You're listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network.